Welcome back to D-Cup, the Disney Channel unoriginal podcast. I am Megan. And I am Sabrina. Each week, we rewatch a DCOM, we talk about a little, we make a little jokey joke. You know what we do. If you're this far in, you understand. This week, we're watching the 2009 geopolitical romp, <laughs> the Princess Protection Program. <laughs> Megan, may you please hit us with a summary? When the island nation of Costa Luna is invaded by a dictator, the young Princess Rosalinda is forced to enter the Princess Protection Program. She is placed with an agent in Louisiana, where his tomboy daughter Carter must help her adapt to normal life. What a time. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited too. <laughs> this movie was everything to me as a wee child. And by was- wee child... I mean, an 11 year old. (laughs) Yeah. No, it was really of, this was the peak of like our generation of Disney. I, I think like it, the cultural impact at the time, although it wasn't as long standing as a high school musical or a camp rock, it was huge. Yeah. Well, and because at the time, Selena and Demi were the like Disney best friends. Yes. The like, the I have this as a talking point that I want us yeah. to discuss at like like they I feel like because they were best friends Disney saw that and decided to market it so hard like absolutely Demi and Selena were the blueprint for bestest friends ever yeah which made I think their fall their fallout so hurtful to everyone else <laughs> it was truly heartbreaking especially to the demographic of you know like what we were like 10 11 at this point yeah but that's a lot of pressure to put on two teenagers friendship you know that's very true but disney not to be mean but it's the truth (laughs) is very good at that they're very good at putting pressure on young children (laughs) yeah no absolutely man so what were your memories going into this did you like vividly remember this movie i thought that i would because I love, like I said, I love this movie. I was obsessed with Selena Gomez and Demi Lovato as a child. I went through Same. a PowerPoint phase and I definitely made PowerPoints on Selena Gomez and Demi Lovato separately. Like we were the same young child. I also had a PowerPoint <laughs> phase. That's how I convinced my parents to let me do anything is I made a whole yeah. PowerPoint about it. Did you also so. make PowerPoints about them? I did a lot of biographical PowerPoints. Oh, see, I, I use them as like a way to convince people i had i was the poster kid i had Mm. all the posters from all of the magazines so i I selena and demi on my wall everywhere i i did i was i did research project powerpoints independent studies Mm, right (laughs) i had a poster i had posters of selena gomez and demi lovato on the walls and then i ran out of like space on my walls so i had a poster i don't know if we've talked about this on here before but I, there was a poster that I put of Selena Gomez in our public bathroom, like in the house. It wasn't like not a public bathroom, but like the downstairs bathroom that guests would use. What, there was a poster <laughs> of Selena Gomez inside the bathroom, which is very weird. And I did it. I think I did it as a bit, but who knows? <laughs> you said this is my home. Yeah, I no, I mean, whatever we've, I want. We've definitely talked about how I had that Zanessa poster in the kitchen. Um, yes. <laughs> but 
that I put a Selena Gomez poster. I can still see it. I see it vividly. I know exactly the poster that was in my bathroom for like years. And I know I made so many guests uncomfortable. Don't know why my parents didn't bring that in. (laughs) They love you. They let it happen. Yeah. But sorry. So my memory, I loved this movie. I had it on DVD. I remember it came with a friendship necklace. I I don't remember who I gave it to. I might not have given it away. Who knows? But I, I didn't, I was trying to think of like the plot and why she was in this program. And I couldn't remember it. The only thing that I really remembered was the iconic yellow gown from the poster. Yes. And Carter's yep. really cute, like faded red hat that she puts on in like the first scene. I loved that hat. And I remembered there was a switcheroo. A switcheroo. Yeah, I I was like, there is a switcheroo somewhere in here. And I couldn't remember the plot. So that was a lot of fun. What about you? I mean, I remember like bare bones basic of what Mm -hmm. happened in this movie. Pretty much what you could infer based on the title. So I just remembered that like Demi played a princess and that they then have to go live with selena's character who teaches demi's character how to be normal but then <laughs> yeah i also remember but they had that demi's they had character struggles. taught selena's character some princess stuff for whatever reason i put yeah how to be a princess question mark i was like why <laughs> does she do that i don't remember yeah. but she does so also just a disclaimer demi lovato does identify as non-binary and goes by they them pronouns However, in the movie, the character of Rosie goes by she, her. So we're going to try to, like, you know, differentiate. When we talk about Demi, we will try to use they, them. But when we say she, her, we're probably referring to the character of Rosie, not the actor Demi Lovato. Yes, correct. Thank you for doing that. Yes. So if you hear that, it's it. Yeah. Just just know we're talking about character, not actor. Yeah. So I would love to hear about the writers and director Amazing. of this wonderful film. Yes, and before we hop into this, I looked it up. This is one of the few DCOMs that actually has a tomato meter on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, interesting. Okay. And the Rotten Tomatoes score on this movie is a 60%, which is a little red tomato. It is not in the, the green rotten part. And this is crazy. The audience score is also a 60%. So it's slightly over half. Yeah. <laughs> Congrats. And you know what? I you, think I'd agree. I'd agree with that. I think that's a yeah. good number. So this movie was written by Annie DeYoung and David Morgison. Annie DeYoung, we have seen her work before and we will see some of her work in the future, but you all might recognize her as one of the co-writers of Johnny Cabahala Back on Board. Yes. And... <laughs> More recently, as the sole writer of 16 Wishes. <laughs> I did not know that. <laughs> yes. So we'll see more of her work in the future. We also have David Morgison. This is a... This is an outlier on his resume. David Morgison has previously written for different comedy award shows. He was also the director for a lot of David Blaine Street Magic shorts. And... He was the field director for Jimmy Kimmel Live for two years, which was 144 episodes where he directed like the street or like in the field segments on Jimmy Kimmel Live. What a turn of events. I would have never guessed. 
I I need to I need a movie about how these two got together and wrote this. <laughs> That's so crazy. Yeah. Yeah, crazy. The movie was directed by Allison Liddy Brown and she is mainly a TV director. She has directed for many, many, many TV shows, but ones that stood out to me and ones that she's directed several episodes of are Even Stevens, Army Wives, Friday Night Lights, Gossip Girl, Bones, Scandal, and Grey's Anatomy. Damn, okay. Yeah. She's directed a lot for Grey's. Got a big TV resume. Yeah, yeah. So she's killing it. Absolutely. So I think it's time. I think it's time to hop into positives. Let's jump on in. Okay. Would you would you like to kick us off? Sure. I my first positive is that this plot and just like overall concept is very different and interesting for Disney. Yes. This was not expected out of like, I mean, we've watched a decent amount of DCOMs at this point. And there are some that you're like, okay, this is relatively the same film, just in a different place or a different like subject matter. But this one I felt was pretty off the wall for Disney at this point. Yeah. Just reading the summary, I was like, this is crazy. Yeah. (laughs) And they took the witness protection program and made it royal. (laughs) Yeah. And honestly, I was pleasantly surprised. I was like, I'm engaged. Like, I'm into this. I like this concept. I... Like, of course, it's a DCOM, lower budget. They only have an hour and a half. But I feel like you could do a lot with this concept overall. Yeah, yeah. I I feel like the pitch meeting was probably pretty, pretty airtight. Like, I think that's, yeah, I agree with yeah. you. Yeah, and also another decently action-packed DCOM. Yeah. Like we had some action with Luck of the Irish. This one definitely had with the with Carter's dad being a agent yeah. for the Princess Protection Program. We had a little bit of action here and there, which I, I was excited about. You don't get that a lot yeah. in Disney. So yeah, I, no. I enjoyed it. Yeah. I thought my first my first note, this movie's cute. It's a cute yeah. movie. Like I I will say now, I have a lot of negatives, but overall, I loved the movie. Like, my negatives outweigh my positives on paper, but in my heart, I choose this movie. I think it's yeah. it's fun. It's cute. It's hard to be mean to it. Like, you don't want to be mean to this movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's super duper adorable. Yeah. I also want to just hop in. I think the, and I'm going to say the majority of the main cast was great. I, especially the adults. Yes. The, like... The main adults loved them. The yeah. dad obsessed. I loved the dad so yeah. much in this movie. I, I think he was he, great. Yeah, he was so natural. He like was so believable. Mm-hmm. And I also absolutely loved him and Carter's scenes, like the dad and Carter scenes. I that's my one of my first notes is I loved Carter's relationship with her dad. And yes. I thought that like I thought that Selena Gomez and the actor who played the dad had great father-daughter chemistry. Yes. I feel like amazing. Those scenes just like everything went up a level in those scenes. They grounded the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just I mean, and I think that I love Selena Gomez in this movie. I think Selena Gomez is a very underrated actor. Yeah. I I rewatched Wizards of Waverly Place last year 
And she is just, I'm going to say it. I think aside from Raven Simone, I think Selena Gomez is the most talented actor to come out of Disney Channel. I'm not disagreeing by my silence. I'm genuinely thinking about all of the like Disney actors. Yeah. Honestly, I can, I can stand by that. Yeah. I mean, Raven Simone is. Yes. Raven Simone is, I think Raven Simone, we will talk more about Raven Simone probably (laughs) on another episode, but like Raven Simone is one of the greatest comedians of, of like our generation. And I don't think anybody gives her her praise for that enough. Yeah. But Um, like, if you, if you rewatch Mrs. Waverly Place, you will see how great of a comedic actress Selena Gomez is. And she's, she's great. (laughs) I also feel like Selena Gomez was like, I mean, she had her like popularity, but I feel like she was underrated as an actor. Like, I feel like her her popularity was just being a Disney actor. It wasn't really like for her acting, but I feel like she was one of those where a bunch of Disney actors go off and do other things. And Mm -hmm. she did a lot. Like she did a lot and yet no one really like talks about her actual like acting skills. Yeah. And honestly, like she kind of like, I feel like after Disney, she focused more on music and did acting as a side thing. And I think now she's coming into, I, I hope, I hope that she's coming into an era where she leans more into her like acting side, like with TV and film, because I think she's great. Like, yeah. I mean, I I need this Selena Gomez renaissance to come. I need people to understand that she is really great. And I, I love her. I loved her then. I yeah. love her now. <laughs> and also going into some other characters that I loved, Molly Hagan as the director. Love her. I always have. She was... Who is that? She, I, she played someone, and I can't remember if it was like the mom or like a teacher in Unfabulous with Emma Roberts. And I used to watch that show all the time. And she's like, Molly Hagan is hilarious. She is so good. And as a comedic actor, and then seeing her in this where she's not a super comedic actor. I just, Mm -hmm. I love her in everything that I've seen her in. So when her face popped up, I was shocked. I forgot that she was in this movie. That's awesome. And I was so excited to see her. And then- You know I liked? The bus driver. Yes. While we're talking about like adults- adults in this movie i thought the bus driver was great i love seeing like i love seeing workers in education that aren't teachers be very committed to the children that they serve does that make sense yeah like the bus driver like a bus driver a custodian a lunch lady like i love seeing that (laughs) yeah no she she was one of my favorites for sure especially of like the smaller characters i'm so Mm -hmm. glad we had her in there and the the last character I'm going to bring up, I'm bringing it up because I'm purely obsessed with this actor, Ed, <laughs> her friend. I'm, I yes, oh my god, N- he Nicholas was barely Braun. in the movie. <laughs> no, 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 hear me out. I told you it's because I'm obsessed with Nicholas Braun. Okay. So Nicholas Braun, I think, is hilarious in every movie that he's in. Okay, and I just love he plays the perfect awkward friend character, like to a T. And granted. He's typecast in that in pretty much everything, but yeah. he does it so well. And he even plays that type of character in the, I think it's an HBO show called Succession. Mm. And he is hilarious. I re-fell in love with Nicholas Braun watching Succession. And so seeing him in this, I was I was over the moon. I'm in so, love with him. I agree with you. I like him a lot. And I didn't actually write this as a negative. Because I didn't think he was in the movie enough to bring it up. But I'll bring it up now. 
they underutilized him. They Agreed. started they started to give him a little bit of an arc and then they just didn't. And yeah. I I would have liked to have seen it. Cause like they hinted that he was in love with Carter and then we yeah. just never saw that. And then also I was like, does he have a thing for Rosie? I don't know. But they they could have put him in the movie. That I hate when they like halfway. Like he could have been yeah. taken out of the movie and it wouldn't have been affected. But I would have liked to have him more and have more things for him. I completely agree. I I just love Nicholas Braun as an actor. And I think his character was so cute in this movie too. And mm-hmm. very believable. And I, I'm glad that Carter had like a fun kind of like goofy love interest friend. Because yeah. I I was a, at the beginning afraid that she was going to be like a loner and like she had no friends at all. And I was yeah. like, that's yeah. not, that's not fun. But I'm glad they kind of threw Ed into the middle. But I do agree that I wish they had more of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to hop into a big positive. Rosie and Carter's friendship. I love yeah. seeing female friendships, especially in high school age girls depicted healthily on. Yes. We have the enemies to friends plot line. Yeah. Um, you know, they're different and we know it, but <laughs> th- they can learn to be friends. I thought it was cute. It's just, I know I keep saying it, but it it is. It's watching these two young teenagers become friends. The montage, top tier. One, pro- maybe one yeah. of my favorite montages in any of the decoms we've watched so far. I, I loved the scene where Carter teaches Rosie how to burp. I thought that was cute. Yeah. And going back to the montage, the song in the montage was one in the same by Demi Lovato and Selena Gomez, which was the iconic best friends hit of yep. the late 2000s. And I'm going to embarrass myself here. When I was in middle school, maybe early high school, I 100% made a slideshow of me and my best friend at the time and put it to this song, One in the Same. That makes sense. I would too. <laughs> because. <laughs> They were the blueprint for friendship. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, I that came on. I watched <laughs> I watched this movie. I started watching it alone. And then my roommate, Matthew, came in and started making dinner. And he ended up watching it with me. <laughs> and I was singing along to this montage. And I was like, yes, this is great. <laughs> Matthew had comments on the movie. <laughs> I would love to hear Matthew's commentary on this movie. <laughs> he, he did not like the dad. What do you mean? The dad is one of the best parts. <laughs> Get out of he, here, Matthew. I disagree. I <laughs> he thought the dad was like not good at his job and not very attuned to what was going on. <laughs> oh, man. We're going to have Matthew on the podcast here uh, in the, in, a, in a couple weeks, I would say. And I'm I, so excited. We, I, we have to get all of my roommates on the pod at some point. So we got to get Matthew on. Talking about Rosie, as a character, I feel like she really like grew on you as a character throughout the movie. Yes. And I liked that because at the beginning, I was also annoyed like Carter was. I was like, girl what are you I was like, can you not do anything but then I you know you realize that there were times where I was like I would fight her when she yeah. was like I order you to stop and you may help me prepare for bed <laughs> also I need to bring up because you just said I order you to stop one of the greatest quotes in this movie is I order you to take a long walk walk off a short pier I <laughs> it 
shook me. I was like, they did not just say that in a Disney movie. I was like, okay. But I I was like happy that she wasn't an automatically like lovable or likable character. Yeah. And I you go back and forth though, because this movie has a lot of shots of Rosie crying, staring out windows. So like you you meet her and you're like, ah, and then you see her crying out a window and you're like, oh, and then she meets Carter and you're like, oh, and then she cries out another window and you're like, oh, <laughs> you really you go back and forth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which honestly, I'm down for. I'd rather go through an emotional roller coaster with a character than like it just be like, you just have to like this character and everything's fine. Yeah. It, it added something. But I also wanted to talk about Rosie's immaculate self-respect. And the wisdom yes. that she was spitting throughout this whole movie for, like, young girls. Yes. yes. That I loved in this movie. Yeah, I loved the line where Carter is like, she did this to make a fool out of you. And Rosie said, she can't make something of me that I'm not. Yeah. And I I liked that. I liked the writing of that. I go yeah. back and forth on whether I like whether or not I like Demi Lovato's performance in this. Yeah. I, like, I can't, I don't know. <laughs> I think a lot of it, and this is both a positive and negative for me. This is a weird in between. I feel like the script had, it was like really cheesy at the beginning. And then it got a little better. And then there were just like moments where I was like, oh, that line is really bad. But then I like how Rosie is written, but I think that perhaps, and I don't want to sound mean because I do like Demi Lovato. I like, I like Demi Lovato a lot. I think I think Demi Lovato is more of a singer than they are an actor and because that they got yeah. pipes on them. Oh my god, Demi Lovato's voice is otherworldly. Demi I, Lovato can sing anybody under the table and out the door. But I think acting, they are like I I don't know. Acting, I, th- I, I think they are more of a singer than an actor. And I think maybe at the age that they were, which was probably about 16. like 15 or 16, I think yeah. maybe this role was a little too ch- challenging. I don't know. I don't want to sound mean. <laughs> no, I, yeah, I get that. But we also have to realize that this is also a decom. Yes, yes. <laughs> so like the standard for acting is not, yes, you know, at the top. Of yeah. the list. But I know? think I think Selena Gomez really and I'll Selena Gomez wasn't perfect in this movie. There were moments where no. I was like, okay, you're 16. Yeah. But I think that she had moments where I saw where she could go from here and like how she grows into yeah. But um, I do have to on Demi's end, they had the harder role because yes, they had the one that was correct. least connected to reality for them. Yes. And so they it was more challenging. They did because you at least correct. Selena's character she can relate to. Yeah, Demi's you know? character was more difficult. So yes. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think, and you know, what? I think maybe a sixteen-year-old Selena Gomez would have struggled with that role too. I yeah. think that if you had flipped it, we might be saying the exact same things. Yeah, but again, they are sixteen, and it's fun. And yeah, yeah. You, I w- I'm only thinking so hard about it because I'm an adult. <laughs> Like, right, as right. a kid, it has never crossed my head. <laughs> yeah. I also want to talk about the stakes of this movie. Crazy. <laughs> Just, we have watched some DCOMs with their stakes being the lowest and they're acting like they're the highest. Yes. 
This one, genuinely the highest. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know, Xenon. I think a step below Oh, that's Xenon. true. You're right. You're right. Step <laughs> I don't below think can, I don't think anything can take, can top Xenon stakes. You're right. You're correct. This was right below Xenon. Because, I mean, it was her mother and her livelihood. The her politics. Country. An entire nation. Yes. Yeah. Now- I'll I'll get in I'll get more into some of the stakes in negatives because I do have <laughs> oh good me too <laughs> yeah okay but I do like that it had big stakes I think it yes. made it more exciting yes I I like that I like a movie where the stakes are more than just high school homecoming queen <laughs> <laughs> yeah which <laughs> was a stake in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Which some, this movie does for some do. people. Oh no! And it's like, girl, <laughs> that's girl. not important. <laughs> that's a different uh, point. <laughs> yeah, truly. But I, I agree with you. I, I enjoy a heightened reality, or a height, not a heightened reality, a more heightened plot. Yeah. So my last. Small positive. And this is not really about like the characters or the plot of the movie or anything like that. It's simply that Demi's little sister was in the background of the like reading to children scene and that yes. made my heart explode. It's so cute. Precious. I loved that. Yeah. I loved when the little sisters would like cameo, like whenever Noah Cyrus would like pop into Hannah yeah. Montana. Yeah. Really cute. Always made Absolutely. me happy. I, I'll transition us to negatives with a funny thing that made me okay. angry. It's I didn't even put it on negatives. I just kind of wrote it down. I was like, really? Why? There's a scene where Selena Gomez has her shoes on the bed. Like she lays in her bed with her shoes on. And it made me angry. <laughs> like I started okay. yelling. I was like, get your feet out of the bed. <laughs> I was like, who raised you? She I did put not her know shoes. She put her out, outside shoes on the bed with the soles down. Okay, with the soles down. See, I'm like, I'll put my feet up on my bed so I don't have to take my shoes off and then okay. put them back on. I, but I, I won't put the soles on the shoes. Yeah, you put the heels. Like if you're, yeah. I, don't, I don't like, I don't like shoes on couch or shoes on bed. But if you have to and you got to kick those feet up, you put it with like the heels up so that you minimize any soul getting on the bed soles down yes. knees like arms around the knees yeah soles down on the bed i was so bad no that's understandable I can... and she works in a bait shop on the bayou and she's putting her shoes in her bed <laughs> nobody thought that was a bad idea <laughs> nobody thought gave a second thought to that entire moment like, I just, I don't know. As an actor, like, if somebody was like, okay, and then you're going to go sit on the bed, I'd be like, can I please take my shoes off? This is not. This, this is, is not, not real. Comfortable. This is not comfortable. This is not realistic. I get that her mother is gone somewhere. We don't know if she's dead or she just left, but yeah. she that's no excuse to act like a heathen. <laughs> <laughs> so intense. So aggressive <laughs> on this point. <laughs> So why don't you kick us off with some real negatives? <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, so honestly, like I have few negatives, but they're all pretty much just one big negative. 
Hmm. So I'll just generally say the villains. A problem. An <sighs> overall issue that needs to be spoken about. Yes. <laughs> Not good. Very no bad. good, very bad. I, <laughs> I'm i going to start off with Rosalinda's villain, the general guy. Because this is my biggest dislike of the movie, and I have many yes. points on this. So we can, we can um, have an open discussion. <laughs> he just, that whole, like him as a character and that whole plotline felt so weak. And so unrealistic. And it's supposed to be the driving force of the movie. Yes. And to me, he felt like a caricature or like a cartoon. He was silly. And so I could, yeah, I couldn't take him seriously. And I'm like, but you are like the biggest villain in this movie. You are trying to, you imprisoned her mother and you were trying to take over their country. And you seem like a cartoon character. That was a big note of mine is I wished he was scarier. I think we could have handled it. I think we could have handled it. Like, especially because the target audience for this movie was like 11 year olds. You know, it's not like it was for six year olds. Six year olds might watch it, but like the target audience could handle a little spook. But also like if you're going to make the stakes that high, you better go all in. Yeah. Like. And he also just felt so random throughout the movie. Like, whenever they brought up his little, like, scenes, I was like, why is this here? This has yeah. nothing to do with anything. And it felt so out of place. Like, they yeah. didn't really incorporate him well into the plot. So I was just not a big fan of him overall. I feel no. like if they would have completely, like, uprooted that character and rewrote him and made him a lot more dramatic, it would have been ten times yeah. better. Since we're talking about the dictator and the entire like Costa Luna being overtaken part of this movie, this is one of my big things. I have I have two huge negatives, two medium negatives and two small ones. This is one of my biggest problems with the movie. So I would love to have some like bring out these questions. I need to know more about the politics of this situation. <laughs> yeah. Like it was just so unclear what is going on with the island nation of Costa Luna and wherever the heck this dictator is from? Like, is there a war going on? Like, I don't, I don't under, did he just walk in to the castle and take over? How did yeah. this happen? Like, is, is there an army? Are there armies fighting? Is he taking over by force? Cause it just looks like he walked into the castle Threw his sword at a crown and was like... Which was awful. Awful. Horrible. No, I hated that scene. Also, how did he get in there? Did they have no security at all? He just waltzed in. (laughs) And it's not like it was a public event. They were just rehearsing her coronation privately. And he waltzes in and throws a sword and nobody like tries to take him down. They just let him start monologuing. Also, can we talk on the extra, like, the people who are working with Rosalinda and her mom, like, the the guy who did the outfits, and then there was another, yes. like, kind of, like, general, he kind of, like, ran the yeah. coronation rehearsal. They just started working for the new guy. Like, no questions asked. They but just this were was another helping thing. him out. This was another thing, is, like, okay, so, and this goes back to, like, is there an army? Is a war happening? What? Okay. He waltzes in and just takes over 
because he says so. And they, they let it happen. I don't right. see him with an army. I don't, yeah. I don't understand. But he technically doesn't have full power of Costa Luna. And we right. see that throughout. And the reason behind this is <laughs> my brain is breaking. Somehow Rosie being gone is stopping him from taking power. And my question is, how is Rosie being gone stopping him from seizing complete power? Like, I don't understand that. Did you? Yeah, no. And I mean, okay. <laughs> the way the way Rosie's character was talking about like her family and stuff in that one monologue with Carter, she said that her dad gave Costa Luna to her when he to died. take over when he yes. died. But she is not in power yet. No, she she is still her a princess. coronation is in one month. Right, her mother is the technically queen. is in power. Her mother is considered the queen because they call her the queen. Right, but like they haven't, they didn't talk about like her being like the the queen and being in all power because then she he would have the the new guy would have just taken it over from her. Like I don't understand. Yeah, it, it doesn't. So she mentions. Rosie mentions that her mom was born a peasant. Right. <laughs> and because she like cooks for them, which side note, when I was a kid, I was like, wow, she cooks such fancy dishes. She just makes a Ross Compolio. Like <laughs> that's literally yeah, she what makes she some, makes. Some chicken and rice. Yeah. Like, look literally good. what I literally what I get at every Mexican restaurant ever. Um, Me too. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, so her her mom, this is why I said I need to know more about the politics of the situation because it doesn't add up. None of it adds up. Her mom is the queen. And I guess that Rosie has to, you can't see me, but I am like rubbing my face to pieces because I'm trying, my brain is breaking. But like her, she has to take over. Rosie has to take over as queen, which is crazy because she's 16. Like why can't, why can't her mom be queen until she's 18? But anyway, maybe maybe it's because her mom was a peasant and she's not like royalty or she can't. royal bloodline okay. or something. That could, That's I'll what I thought. That. I'll accept that. What? And I've asked the question, but I'm asking it again until we can figure out an answer that we can comfortably land on. What is stopping the dictator from seizing power and taking over Costa Luna? Like, I don't understand what, what Rosie being gone has to do with that. Because also, Rosie being gone, he can just take it. That's what yeah, dictators like, wouldn't do. Wouldn't that make it easier? If she's gone, that would make it easier to take over. Like, he he can just, like, what's stopping him from taking it? That's exactly what they do. Unless there's a war yeah. happening and they're fighting on the battlefields, but I don't think so. Like, we're led to believe that the only reason that he can't take over is because Rosie is in hiding. Okay, hold on. Hold on. Let's take a step back and put a perspective on this. This is for children. They know nothing about politics. I know. (laughs) Typically, typically. Some children do. But typically, that's not what they're thinking about. So I think they did absolute bare minimum on this side of the plot. And they were just like, as long as it's kind of okay. It makes me so angry. And I'm always of the mind where like children are smart. They can get it. Like they need it. And I know that I didn't care about any of this as a kid. So like I am a walking contradiction to my own beliefs. (laughs) But (laughs) I, so obviously we didn't need it because it didn't matter to me when I was 11. 
However, <laughs> I think that I would have more respect for the makers of this movie if they had put the effort in so that it could hold up later on. Agreed. Agreed. I wish they had it. And I guess we're just going to have to leave <laughs> that. So <laughs> still speaking on villains. Okay. Let's move on to the high school mean girls. Chelsea this and Brooke. Is this is one of my medium, medium negatives. What's your I other big the... negative? Donnie. Oh, that's valid. <laughs> okay, but we'll we'll circle back. Let's talk about these okay. mean girls. I hated okay. the writing of the mean girls. Yeah, it was awful. Really bad. Just... I I also just they they played up their big stakes being homecoming. Mm-hmm. And I get it, like that for their character would be big stakes. But in the whole universe of the movie that we are watching, the stakes are for Rosie. Like that, that is what we should be focusing on. Now we have just talked about extensively that they were not super well done. But what annoyed me was that they made the high school mean girl stakes more prominent than Rosie's stakes. Yes. And that to me, I was like, you are ruining this movie in just having these mean girls and having their stakes seem higher than Rosie's. Yeah. Throughout the entire movie. Yeah. It was like the mean girls were filet mignon steak and Rosie was like the Outback kids meal steak. Right. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know what the Outback kids meal steak is is but i'll take it and i understand where you're going but it was just also the writing was just like really over the top and overdone for them it was just and, it was so cliche and yes. we've seen it before and and this this girl's having a full psychotic break oh for sure 100 like full psychotic break she has grass in her mouth and she's covered in water like I, okay, I need to talk about two moments, two Chelsea moments that I said, write it out. Do, I yeah. hate it. Don't ever do it again. The first one is the line, "I would rather eat carbs than lose any crown or than lose my crown." Oof. Nope. Write it. I awful. I actually I didn't hear that. I didn't catch that. It Bad. made me so angry. I was like, "Why would you put that in a kids movie? Why would you well, do that?" It's 2009. They did that a lot. It's not okay, but like I, it makes sense of the time. I get it. I, know. I don't like it. But. but I hate that it's coming from like a big studio. And granted, Disney is known for being this way, especially to their actors mm-hmm. and causing a lot of body dysmorphia, dis- eating, uh, disorders. eating disorders, yeah. and like perpetuating that kind of stuff. So I'm not surprised. But no. literally, we were going so well through the movie. And I, I was fully expecting something like that, but I thought yeah. it was going to be like embedded in the character. Having that one line, I was like, just write yeah. it out. That does nothing for this. Yeah. The second And that's moment, something they could easily cut out in Disney Plus. Like, yes. just cut the line. Yeah. It's so unnecessary. Yeah. The second moment was Chelsea falling into the pool and her the big dramatic no as she's tumbling <laughs> into this pool. I, I was loved like, it. Why? I would, <laughs> it was so funny. No, I was no! like, oh, <laughs> it was it was cartoony. All the villains are like caricatures. Oh in this God! Movie. And if we're talking about Chelsea, let's let's talk about Brookie, the biggest cartoon oh of I've ever seen. 
Caroline's was like this. And she talked like this. And she was like, I don't and know the she, difference between prison and a paper bag. Yeah, she was like the quote unquote like dumb popular girl, like pretty she girl. She literally said this this line made Matthew fall off the couch when she said I'm pretty, not smart. <laughs> Ugh, I hate it. I hate it so, so, they so were much. Just, uh, it it felt like they were in the wrong movie. Yeah. It didn't feel cohesive at all. No. Like, I just, ah. Uh. And they, so let's talk about this. But, uh, Chelsea and Brooke find out that Rosie is not Rosie. She's actually Princess Rose Linda. And they are going to use it to blackmail her into dropping out of the homecoming queen race. And so they go to her house. They go to Carter's house. They walk into her room. And it's like this panning shot where then we then see them in the mirror. And it looks like a horror movie. And they start talking about it and being like, we know who you are. And Rosie is like, I will give you a reward for keeping my secret. Which as a princess... She could give her anything. Yeah. And they want her to drop out of homecoming. She could have had gold, money, fame, fortune, riches. And she was like, no, I want this plastic crown. I want the title of homecoming queen. Homecoming queen. Like, I j- it's just... I don't get it. It was so <laughs> unrealistic. I think that's, like, like you said, it was cartoonish and... I just, I felt like maybe we could have started there because there are, like, I I knew people in high school who only cared about Homecoming Queen and Homecoming Court. Yeah. And I think we could have started there. But I think as the stakes escalated, I would have liked to have seen, like, Chelsea go with the stakes. But literally yeah. up until the end of the movie where they're leaving on a helicopter, Chelsea s- grabs the crown right off of Selena Gomez's head. Yeah. And I think, okay, what could have maybe, possibly, made Chelsea a little bit better of a villain is if they gave her a little bit of a backstory. Because I know a lot of people who's like, moms won homecoming and prom queen, and they put that pressure on their daughters. And, you know, it's more of like a family thing. If we would have had some of that, or like, like she had some pressure on her in order to have to get that crown. So then she had some stakes. But we didn't get any of that. She just seemed like a very like selfish, popular. The reasoning that we were given was popularity, which is which is so lazy. Like, and that that's actually what we're told because there's a moment where Brooke has a break has like a mini break and she like screams, I am popular. Like, it's not, I don't know. It's just like the idea of being popular. And we could have even delved into that and been like, oh, I want to be liked by so many people. This is what I want. And like the, the ideals behind why do these girls chase popularity. But no, it's just I'm a teenage girl and I want and I'm pretty and I just want to be popular because that's a buzzword. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm not a fan of either of those characters. Honestly, wish they weren't there. Wish they would have figured out something another way of making that Honestly, okay. I just don't think we we really didn't need I don't know. Let's let's move on to it. my other big negative. Donnie. 
who yeah. we haven't talked about this whole movie because he's not necessary to the movie at yeah. all. Yeah, no, not He's at all. too big a character to not be necessary. He's from the beginning. Like, their first scene and, yeah. like, pr- almost last scene. He so, is there. Donnie is the most popular boy in school. He is often seen in scenes with Chelsea and Brookie. Yeah. And This man Carter, is also... Like, I just want to remind you, this man is also, like, 24 or 25 at yeah. filming, and everyone else is, like, 15. I think Nicholas Braun was, like, 21, but he looked really young. But yeah. you can tell this man is much older than the other then, kids. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. And so, Carter, Selena Gomez's character, has had a crush on him since she was a child. And we see, in the very first scene, we see we see Carter working at the bait shop, and Donnie comes in, and he is like asking to buy bait and he's like she she says hi donnie and he goes hi and he can't remember her name and she says carter and he goes carter that's right and it made me think oh like this is just like this is the popular boy she has a crush on they don't they don't have any history here and then she's like oh we made a deal i give you free bait and you give me a ride to school and i was like okay, wait a minute. Why doesn't, they have a whole deal. So like they know each other enough to make a deal and he doesn't remember her name. Crazy. But but also. Then, yes. But also that doesn't just stop there. It continues no. throughout the movie. Throughout the whole movie. He continuously forgets her name. Multiple scenes. He is like, he can't remember her name. And then we find out later because Rosie is like, oh, you have a crush on him or whatever. And Carter admits, she says, yes, I've been in love with him since he kissed me under the basketball hoop in the third grade. So he kissed her. They have been in class together since the third grade and he can't remember her name. That is unrealistic writing. That is absolutely ridiculous that that is the backstory. If they like, whoo, I'm heated. I'm heated. (laughs) And then at the end of the movie, Donnie sees Carter in her homecoming dress and she's pretty, which she looks the same. She looks exactly the same. Selena Gomez is just pretty. She is. Yes. Period. She's just wearing a dress now. And he goes up to her and he grabs her hand and like that's supposed to be a big thing. And Selena Gomez is like, no. And then he's like, what do you mean, Carter? Haven't you been waiting for this since like the third grade? So he remembers. He <laughs> remembers the whole time. I'm sorry I'm yelling, but he remembers, which leads me to believe that he is actively pretending like he forgot her name. He's purely to just be mean. Asshole. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, so that, and that is, I, and that's not what it is. It's literally, it's just poor writing. But because of this poor writing, that is the logical, that's the only logical explanation that you can draw. So like, it could have been fixed by just taking him out entirely. Also, I feel like he made Carter look bad. I think he made Carter look weak. Carter is a strong character. We didn't need that. Uh, But if we did, it could have been like, you write him to where he does know her and he just takes advantage of her. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I also want to bring up the fact. And maybe I'm remembering this wrong, but this is, I watched this literally yesterday and this is how I'm remembering it. So if it's wrong, that's how much of an impact this man made on me. It's really seemed like most of the scenes that he was in, he was just standing there and he just like would make a facial expression. He had like yeah. 
maybe a handful of lines throughout the entire movie. And yet he was supposed to be a big character for Carter. I didn't, I was like, why is this man here? Like he's literally just playing like the pretty face guy. I just, I think that's it. it. This is my fix. This is how I would fix it. I would make, I would make it to where it looked like Carter and Donnie were friends, but he would never claim her around his popular friends. So he would ignore her. He would take advantage of her. He would get free bait and he would be mean to her. But in private or when it's just the two of them, he's nice to her. So that makes it because it it was just stupid. It made Carter look bad that she had a crush on this guy since the third grade and he can't even remember her name. Like that just that makes her look weak. And here's the thing with that. And not that I would ever want to get rid of Ed, but <laughs> I love him. Um, but if that was the way it was written, you wouldn't need it. No, you wouldn't need that whole extra character. I loved yeah. him, but you wouldn't need him. Yeah, and you could have and just written that still... out, and it would have been tighter. Yeah, and... and we could still get that moment of Carter standing up for herself at the end. Yes, it still it would have paid off even more at that. Yeah, point. yeah. Do you have another negative? Before I hop into my medium negative? I mean, not really. (laughs) Hmm. Okay, well then I'll just bring up some talking points. How did the Princess Protection Program agents find out about Carter's ruse at the end? Oh, okay. Never answered. I do have have a question also on this subject. How did Rosie know that the general just happened to be there now? Like she was up getting her crown and then she was like oh carter's not here that's weird i would have thought as a human being been like oh she's probably in the bathroom or she's probably like hanging out with someone else like but she immediately was like oh the general's here and she like walked out to where they were and i was like wait (laughs) i didn't take it as that i took it as she she didn't know where she was and then she was like okay i need to find her she's been gone for a while and then she just started looking for her like maybe something went wrong and then she stumbled upon them on the roof. I think that's what it's supposed to be. To me, it felt too much like, I know what's happening. And then she yeah. ended up walking right to them. And I was like, like Either if she way, had a little more like yeah. looking around or like, you know, calling for her or something, like that would yeah. make more sense. It felt a little too streamlined for me. Yeah. But my thing is, so in, in the end of the movie, Carter has orchestrated this entire thing with international phone calls and the works and she is like tricked the you guys have to watch the movie this podcast is going to be long and i can't explain all of this (laughs) pretty much pretty okay here's an easy way to explain it i guess yeah you, you take it take the wheel okay so Carter has decided to volunteer herself to be imprisoned as quote unquote Rosie but she, in she Rosie's home mask. country. Right. And this is where the switcheroo happens that I remembered. Right. So she gets in contact with some of Rosie's people on a long distance phone call, which if I were her dad would have been pissed. That would be expensive. <laughs> Listen, and, he has agent money. He's fine. And then she has them all like the evil dictator guy and all of his men come to the school to a high school dance to do the switcheroo and but Rosie doesn't they, know about the switcheroo no she uses and neither does Carter, neither does anyone no one knows. no one knows and Carter uses their dresses that Rosie's like dressmaker made for them and told the dictator that her dress was Rosie's dress 
So that's yes. how the whole switcheroo is. We did yeah. have a like a quick moment that I liked where we thought that Rosie's trusted uh, dressmaker was a snake. And then yes. we find out that that's part of the plan. That was nice. Right. I like that. That was nice. I did like that. Matthew and I'm I were like, <gasps> yeah, I'm still confused why most of their people just like willingly was like helping this dictator. But yeah. that was a good moment. But just that whole. But yeah. So we get to the roof. <sighs> We get to the route. They're about to take Selena Gomez back to Costa Luna in what is supposed to be the dictator's helicopter. And then Rosie comes out. She finds her. And Rosie's going to go back and be imprisoned. And then, like a deus ex machina, the helicopter door opens. And it's Carter's dad and the director of the Princess Protection Program. It is, surprise, not the dictator's helicopter. And they are able to then arrest him. For kidnapping charges and save Costa Luna, which I'm also like, why couldn't you just do that at the beginning of the movie? I I also like I I really thought I I liked the switcheroo kind of thing. Like with I the did too. Dad I did opened, like the switcheroo. Yeah, and I liked that the dad and the director were in the helicopter. But I out. I liked it until I found out that he had no idea that the whole switcheroo was happening. Yes. I thought that was a part of the plan. I thought mm-hmm. she had her dad and the director come, like she had everyone in on it. And no. then you find out that is not the truth. And then I was just as confused as you were. I was like, how did I they was, know? And we never addressed <laughs> it. We never addressed no. how did they find out and how did they get in the helicopter? And I'm mad about I, it. There's no answer. I, <laughs> I wish it would have been a part of her plan. That would have been so much cooler on her part. Yeah. This is this is uh my last negative. I have a little I have okay. I have a negative and a half, but there's okay. so this is just a little thing. Demi Lovato looked exactly the same after the transformation. Like yeah, they bring Rosie hair. in. They bring Rosie in and they just cut her hair a little. Also, like it's supposed to that that was a negative. <laughs> the extensions in certain lighting in the scenes, I was like. Um, but i will say as a kid when i saw rosie's hair i was like i want it hurt that long hair yeah i want it but yeah i was just like you're the whole idea is that you make them look completely different and she looks exactly the same and then this was this is it's set on the bayou of louisiana and not a single person sounded like ray the firefly from princess and the frog i would have liked more cajun (laughs) accents they're literally the first shot of the movie is an alligator. <laughs> I wanted somebody. I needed somebody to sound like an old fire. I wanted them to. I just wanted Ray the Firefly, but as a person in the movie, we could have had the bus driver sound like that. That's true. I just like but. they. They sounded like they were from the Midwest. Oh, oh, this bringing this up with accents. Why was? Why did everyone in Costa Luna have a dialect except for Rosie? Yeah, valid. <laughs> Everyone spoke with like a like a slightly Hispanic dialect, except yeah. for Rosie, who was entirely American. Yeah, that was that was, that was a not big, consistent. Not at all. Listen, you are passionate about this movie. You have things to say, but I loved it. That's the thing. If you <laughs> listen to this episode, you probably think that I hate this movie, and I don't. I'm gonna watch it again, and I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's move into fashion. So I have a lot of fashion notes, but I can like rattle them off. Okay, same. So Rosie's dress, like princess dress, at the beginning gave Belle that. vibes. Yes, but. 
up close, when you had some up close shots, looked very low quality. Really? I didn't notice. Yeah. I thought it was really pretty. But then in some of those like running shots and like up close shots, I was like, that looks well, real cheap. <laughs> they blew their budget on all the helicopters. Yeah. Also, Rosie's mom's red dress look at the beginning. Gorgeous. Rosie's mom, a dime. Truly. Also, Rosie's transformation, not her hair, but the 2000s outfit was gold. Everyone would have been jealous I... in 2009. Are you talking about her first day of school outfit? No, I'm talking about like the outfit that they like transformed her into oh, when she yes. got to. Yeah. Yes. It's like that was pinnacle of mm-hmm. like yes. late 2000s fashion. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Rosie's first day of school outfit. I loved it. The cute yeah. little yellow headband, the little like the little tied off kind of like over shirt over that yellow. Yeah. I loved it. I thought it was a lot of layered tank top looks in this movie. Yes. Yes. It was the and... tank tops <laughs> under the low cut tank tops. And I'm putting yeah. low cut in like quotations because they're not, but it's Disney. Yeah. yeah. And the hair bumps. Oh, yes. that late 2000s Penny from Big Bang Theory hair bumps. Oof. Yeah. Good Lord. Listen, in middle school, those like bang bumps, I, all the time, that was my look. And I, I knew that was very of the time. We had to um, do it in show choir. We had to do the hair bump on the ponytail. Oh, I hated yeah. it. <laughs> I hated I, it. Also, another like middle school dream for me was Carter's short blue dress. The I loved their their original Obsessed. homecoming dresses from the montage. Yes. When she walks out in that, I was like, I love that. And I would have worn that to homecoming. Yeah. No, same. I that was like a dream dress for me when I was I kind of like I liked Carter's first, the short homecoming dress better than I liked her actual homecoming dress. I liked both of the short ones better than the long ones. Yeah. I liked Rosie's long homecoming dress. I thought that one looked really good. But I didn't like Carter's as much. I thought the shorter ones were better. Yeah. Also, same. they seemed more prom. I feel like in a lot of yeah, in a lot of decoms, it's always like homecoming, but they're dressed for prom. Yeah, I've also or heard that when too. it's or when it's prom, they're dressed for homecoming. And I just in my experience, it's like homecoming is like where you have a shorter dress and it's fancy, but prom is a gown. Yeah, same. I mean, that's always what I've known. So. I I feel like that's just a common theme in Disney. Yeah, they always they do it have backwards. it switched. They have it switched for some reason. Yeah. Also, know. speaking of the homecoming dance, the masquerade masks were sick. I I also liked that as a plot device. I liked that they yeah. they had all them girls getting off the bus with that those masks. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, same. I loved that. And my last one is Rosie's crown at the end was very pretty. Yes. Yes, it was. Like her coronation crown. Very, yeah. very pretty. My my last fashion note is I think they did Selena Gomez dirty with the homecoming hair that they gave her. They had the same homecoming hair. Rosie but, and Carter had the exact same hairstyle. But Rosie's was better. I don't, I noticed that they had the exact same <laughs> that hairstyle. The longest I'm, pause. That the longest pause we've ever had. We were just staring at each other, disagreeing. <laughs> no, because I was 
I was staring at you, picturing the hairstyles on both of them. But I, I just didn't different. like. I, I just didn't like the hairstyle overall for either of them. No, I, I was thought like, Rosie's this could have been better. Good. I thought Rosie's looked good, but Carter's looked messy. They made it messy at I, the end, but I no, like it when it was supposed to look good. I thought it looked bad on Selena with the with the kind of haircut Selena Gomez had. I don't think that hairstyle worked. Yeah, but with the haircut that Demi Lovato had, I thought the hairstyle worked. Okay. <laughs> so do you want to hear some fun facts yeah absolutely okay 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 so i have i have a good amount i have a good amount of fun facts so this movie was filmed in puerto rico and it was the first disney channel movie to be filmed in puerto rico all of it every part of it was filmed in puerto rico oh whoa that's cool yeah the whole thing crazy right what an adventure for them that's awesome yeah i love that the word princess is said 80 times in the movie. That's not shocking. No, I feel like they drilled it in. <laughs> yeah. They said princess a lot. And that includes yeah. princesses and princessa. Yeah. So. They, they have variations, which they were like, let's keep it yeah. interesting. <laughs> let's add some variations. This was Demi Lovato and Selena Gomez, Gomez's first project together since they met on Barney and Friends when they were little. Yeah, most real stands already know that one, but I was throwing it out there anyway. And then this is a fun fact that I thought was pretty fun. Originally, Selena was cast as Rosie and Demi was cast as Carter, but they switched and they ended up liking the liking it better that way. I I did think after watching this movie, I was like, what would this have been like mm-hmm. if they switched places? Yeah. And honestly, I would have liked to have seen it. I I'm interested in it, but I think this was the better choice. Yeah. But granted, I would have to I see do. the other side. But yeah, I I I say I wish I had seen it switched because I feel like Carter Carter isn't like Alex, but closer to Alex yeah. from Wizards of Waverly Place. But also, I think if it had been switched, we would just would have seen Mitchie from Camp Rock. Yeah. <laughs> as yeah. Carter. So yeah. And then this movie has won several awards. The movie won a Teen Choice Award for Choice Summer TV Movie. It also won a Teen Choice Award for Choice Summer TV Star for Selena Gomez, which Demi Lovato was also nominated in that category, but Selena Gomez won the award. Also, this movie won a Directors Guild of America Award for Outstanding Directorial Achievement in Children's Programming. And Selena Gomez and Demi Lovato were both nominated for Young Artists Awards, but neither of them won. So... Pretty wow. fun. That's crazy. Yeah. So I guess we know now neither of them won that Young Artist Award. And I mean, I guess Demi Lovato and Selena Gomez have truly faded into obscurity. Nobody <laughs> knows those names in the current zeitgeist. So where could they possibly be now? <laughs> well, let me tell you. Um, <laughs> as if we don't know everything about these two people already. I know. I'm going to give you a very vague and short synopsis of both of their lives so starting with selena gomez uh she started her acting career on as we know barney and friends alongside her princess protection program co-star demi lovato they were on that show from 2002 to 2004 in 2006 selena guest started an episode of the sweet life of zach and cody which then launched her disney career where she got a recurring role on Hannah Montana before she landed the lead role of Alex Russo in Wizards of Waverly Place. Iconic Selena Gomez role. 
I can't wait for us to review the Wizards of Waverly Place movie so that I can talk in depth about how I think Wizards of Waverly Place is one of the best shows to ever happen out of Disney Channel. I need to rewatch it. I you I actually need to sit down do and it. because it it changed me. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Like, no, I just uh, I'll get into it more. I'll, we'll save it. This has been a long episode. <laughs> <laughs> so throughout Selena's time on Disney. She also starred in the film Another Cinderella Story, and she began her music career at the age of 16. She has starred in so many things since Princess Protection Program that I'm not going to list them. And <laughs> um, But she also has executive produced two series, 13 Reasons Why and Living Undocumented. Nice. And her most recent work, is as a lead role and executive producer of Only Murders in the Building. Phenomenal so show. So good. So, so good. good. The comedic trio I never knew I needed. I, I can't recommend was, it enough. Uh, I was obsessed seeing her next to two comedic like gold Legends. actors. Two of my yeah. favorite my favorite comedians of all time. Like and I like I honestly never would have expected this trio, but no, I am so own. happy it happened. Like, she holds her own next to them. That's what's yes. crazy. I'm it's so, so excited good. for the next season of it. I it's if you haven't watched Only Murders in the Building, do it right now. It's yes. so good. And I also want to shout out her music career as well. Her latest song is a, her 2022 single Let Somebody Go which is a collab with Coldplay. It's a good song. I would give it a listen. Selena Gomez's music, I, in my head, I'm like, I don't know any of her music. And then I find out songs that she, that I hear all the time. She sings them. And I'm like, oh, I like these songs. Yeah. So moving on to Demi Lovato, also starting in Barney and Friends, as we've already stated, and then moving to Disney. Demi started in a short series called As the Bell Rings with Disney. Which I remember that then, one. Yeah. Which then led them into getting the lead role in the infamous Camp Rock. And, and the TV series Sunny with a Chance. They got cast in both of those like simultaneously. Crazy. Yeah. Then Demi quickly transitioned from acting to a music career with their debut album, Don't Forget, a banger. <sighs> so good. <laughs> I mean, all of Demi's music, bangers, but like, don't it's forget. Her... Yeah. Ugh, I love, I love. Although they haven't appeared in like many films, I really think it was Camp Rock, Camp Rock 2, Princess Protection Program. And then they ended up being in some like other documentaries i think like the jonas brother concert documentary but that's really all the film and tv they've done since mm. their disney days they do have their own documentaries which is demi lovato simply complicated and demi lovato dancing with the devil the latter coinciding with their most recent album dancing with the devil the art of starting over very interesting looks a lot into their life and their time being in the spotlight and being on Disney and how that affected them. And they also have a weekly podcast called 4D with Demi Lovato. Hmm. Isn't that about like cryptids and stuff? I think it's more like spirituality based. I don't oh, know. I thought it was what's... about like aliens and 
No, I think they have a TV show on some like okay. Peacock or something like that that they do stuff like that, but I'm not positive. Okay. I think that's that was, relatively new too. It was a fun, fun trip down where are they now? Yeah. So I I guess it's time to wrap this up and put a crown on top and try to figure out where we're gonna put this on the ranking. Oh so this one's gonna be difficult for me. I loved the movie, but I I I'm looking middle lower on the list. Not not near the okay. bottom at all. I I would venture to put this around like below Twitches. That's where I I'm I'm that's my first proposal. Is below Twitches above Smart House. Okay. Hmm. I I personally right now would probably still put it above like the Proud Family movie. I understand there's like like the villains they like they need to be completely rewritten and like redone, but I think the movie was still really engaging and interesting and different for Disney. I just yelled so and... much. <laughs> you were very <laughs> passionate about this and I I understand. I just feel like Twitches had some like really bad effects, like some like plot holes and stuff like that that we just yeah, but could this not did too. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you're right. You're Flip back you're... to your Twitches notes. Let's see. Also, I'm om- I've almost gone through a whole notebook. That's exciting. Beginning. I have more significant negatives for this movie. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, I have... I mean, it's funny because, like, my negatives for Twitches is also about the villain. <laughs> yeah. So just overall problems with the villains. But, okay, I mean... I think also... We've talked about doing this. We we need to move some movies around because I'm 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 thinking maybe we need to move Proud Family a little lower. Yeah, that one just does not feel right where it is right now. But also for me, Kim Possible doesn't feel exactly right where it is. Okay, I don't agree with that, but I also love Kim Possible, so I yeah. know that that is a problem for me. And I think it's because they are the TV show based movies. Yeah. That m- Put them in a slightly different category. It's harder. It's harder. Yeah. Okay. Well, okay. I can... Why don't we... Because this is already a long podcast. Mm -hmm. We can put this in between Twitches and Smart House, but then we'll have to rearrange some things. Yeah. It's a tentative. Yeah. I'm good with that. I do think Twitches should stay above it, but only by one slot. That one, I feel like... I don't know. I'll have to think about that one. Maybe maybe we'll do a little rewatch on our own. Yeah. Yeah. And on a on an episode where we don't talk forever, we yeah. can have a, a rearrange it section. <laughs> we talked y'all's ears off today, so we did. Sorry. We did indeed. So that puts Princess Protection Program in the number 15 slot on our list of 23 movies. Wow, 23. Yeah, crazy. That's why. So, How long have we been doing this? At least 23 weeks crazy <laughs> minimum because we've also we've released minimum. a couple of a handful of not decoms so that's true yeah wow so if you're not sick of us by now please join us back next week when we will be watching the movie cowbells oh i'm so excited this is two yes. two hits in a row i must say i am so excited to re-watch this one yeah i cannot wait <laughs> 
I know. I can't either. I know I loved it as a kid, but I don't remember a, a dang thing. Same. <laughs> so I'm I'm pretty, pretty pumped. Yeah, me too. Ugh. So, Megan, where can you find us online? Well, as always, you can find us over on Instagram at Disney Channel Unoriginal Pod. Also, if you like us, you can give us a rating of five stars on whatever app you listen to us on. Or, and, or, I'm going to take that back. Hold on. (laughs) My mom was walking in and I was listening to that. Also, if you like us, you can rate us a five star on whatever you listen to us on. And if you feel so inclined, you can leave us a review and let us know what decom you want to hear about next. We release new episodes every Sunday. So until next time, I'm Megan. And I'm Sabrina. And you've been listening to Decom. The Disney Channel Unoriginal Podcast. Dun, 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 dun.